Thank you for keeping an eye on us. I couldn't help it. You're the most attractive couple in the restaurant. <laughs> I know what I'd like for my birthday. An all-night, non-stop championship fuckfest with you. Then consider your candles blown. And Alexa. Oh, you asked. All right, everybody, welcome to the Mirandas. Um, Gilly is chewing chips now, so that's what you hear. She is munching on maybe tortilla chips or something crunchy. Um, we this is season four, episode seventeen, a Vogue idea, and it's a good one. Interesting that you think it's a do good you, one. <laughs> do you feel do you feel differently? Um I feel a little differently. Maybe because of the haircut. I'm just gonna say it. What? Maybe because of the haircut. Okay, so let's start out there. Let me give a quick summary and then we're just gonna get into the haircut right away because it's the first thing we see. So in this episode, a Vogue idea, all of the girls are kind of grappling with an idea. So let me lead you here. Please. Samantha please. is grappling with the idea of having a threesome as a birthday gift suggested by Richard. So here's this idea. She's thinking like, okay, I'll have this threesome. I'm in charge. This, you know, this hostess of the restaurant who's like young and beautiful, like she's just kind of a visitor. And and you can clearly see that Samantha's a little bit triggered and, and anxious about this situation, but she wants to go through with it to like appease and please Richard. Um, eventually the threesome does not go ahead because of the term daddy, which I think we should talk about later because some daddy issues come out throughout this episode. Um, (laughs) Charlotte and Miranda are grappling with this idea of a baby shower and what it means to Charlotte and what it means to Miranda. For Miranda, it's a little too frou-frou. It's a little too feminine and babyish. And that's not really an idea or, or like a, a concept that, that feels like her. Um, so Charlotte kind of takes the lead, planning a very Miranda baby shower, um, kind of eliciting some insecurities and vulnerabilities with Charlotte and her um, path to parenthood or kind of the the um, stop in that path. And then the big plot in this episode is Carrie is now freelancing for Vogue and um, is having kind of an odd relationship with um, a higher up it, in vogue julian and we have like a major me too (laughs) plot point and um i can't wait to get into this because it's the biggest both like current but also ancient scroll like there's so much to unpack with this plot um so but i think first you know we open this episode and carrie is sporting a fresh new do her hair is short yeah i mean i i don't hate it i just it, I don't love the half and half look. You know those like black and white cookies where it's like white on the yeah. top and black on the bottom. Like that's what it kind of looks like, highlights wise. I don't know. Didn't love it. So the color is definitely off. I think the cut is great and it really suits her. Um, I could, I could cut my hair short. I wouldn't like it. Our one of our good friends Heather just cut mm, her hair short, and it looks fantastic. phenomenal. Like she is rocking a short haircut. I mean, she also has just like thick, fucking incredible, perfect fantastic. hair. So I feel like she could like just have a bob, and she like like a little like bowl cut, and she would look good because mm-hmm. she has great hair. Carrie has waves, and I feel like when you have curls color can look really different than when it's straight. Yes. So what we're seeing is a lot of contrast between mm-hmm. the blonde and the brunette. And it, I, I don't know. I, I watched a little snippet of the episode after and her hair does look better. Yes, um, me too. I, I know what you mean. I think it's, it's a fresh cut. And it was like flat iron curls is what they were. They weren't like natural care. Are you hating on flat iron curls or are you just making observations? I am just saying that she has, we all know that Carrie has amazing, amazing bouncy curls. So it's. Wait, such a good observation. You're right. Those were not her natural curls. Yeah, they're not natty. Those were like, all right, we've got to figure out how to style this, this, this thing on your head. Um, I am still such a fan. I feel like I'm like dating myself with like hairstyles. Like I don't, I don't think I've evolved. I don't think my hair has evolved. I'm looking at what Gen Z are doing and I don't want to be stuck with a style that looks dated. 
But when we were like, because I was just recently in LA and I was like curling my hair with my goddamn Dyson and I was doing like a, I was like, am I, I out of style? I like, love it. Style? I feel like all those Gen Z kids are doing 70s as well. Like there's like different groups of it. I think they're doing the it. Top. I'm also seeing this new device. It's like that three clamp thing and it kind of <gasps> crimps your hair. It's kind of like 90s crimping. I've seen that one. I. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I think um, it 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 only works for like certain types of hair. I don't I I don't know. And Gilly, you recently had kind of an interesting I hair situation. An unintentional Y2K <laughs> highlight experience that went down at a what was supposed to be a nice salon in Silver Lake, Los Angeles. Um I walked out looking like Kelly Clarkson singing <laughs> a moment like this. <laughs> the American Idol, like end of American Idol. Um. So usually, you know, when a friend sends you a, you know, so you know when a friend like sends you something, and you're like, it's in your head, it's not that bad. Everyone in the group chat was like, you know what, you need to go back, you need to talk to these people. I think I even wrote, you need to write them a terrible review, you and you need to get your money back. Like there was no hiding that no. this was not a good situation, and and I think Heather was very blunt in her approach. Yes. and I, we ended I up having we ended up, we ended up having some good laughs. Um, <laughs> It was bad, and I, I almost want to name the place so people don't go, but who cares? Like, that's fine. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think we've all had, like, we've talked about this in the podcast many times, just, like, a bad hair I looked like a skunk. <laughs> I even told her I looked like Cruella, and I was not going for that. It was, like, the a pitch dark brown chunk next to, like, Barbie platinum blonde, and I literally went in for a face natural face frame <laughs> like I just wanted to cover my grays and my bangs and I, I walked I, out with full yeah. head of like tiger stripes <laughs> and like a bleach splotch like I think there was like <laughs> negligence I think there was like I a gloop were... of bleach that clearly went out like rogue and like it bleached like a spot on my hair like a leopard. I, I, I know this. It was too funny. Your hair looks amazing now. You went Thank back you. to fix it. Hair looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think maybe the the contrasting color you saw in Carrie, this could be old wounds. I was triggered. I'm very triggered. Well, I'm wondering, um, Sarah, why do you think maybe I'm asking the obvious, but why do you think? mid-season they decided to do this so they're trying to indicate some sort of like page turn away from Aiden like new chapter absolutely (laughs) I mean this is classic post breakup hair change do you remember what I did to my hair senior year when um, oh yeah my college boyfriend broke up like I mean I had blonde Mm -hmm. blonde hair in college people Mm -hmm. referred to me as blonde I went home to a salon in Mm -hmm. Michigan and I came back with like dark red hair I kind of like dark brownish red hair I like dark brownish I should find a picture it was super dark and I just needed a change I remember he and I were doing the same like tutoring thing downtown mm. and he's like, you changed your hair. I was like, I did. I needed a change. No, I, so, I've I, seen that move happen a lot. I've done that move. I yeah. I love that move when girls like they're dealing with a breakup and they change their hair and it's kind of like, fuck you. I mean, it it will always remind absolutely. And it it totally reminds me of like the flea bag scene when somebody <laughs> like goes in and like some of the changes like after are great. Some of them like aren't so good. And then, you know, uh, what's her name? Fleabag is like, you know, hair is everything, Anthony. And I just I live my life by that motto. Hair is everything. But they tried to pull that shit on me at the salon. They're like, um, we would like to see the reference photo. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I look objectively Damn. terrible. And I did pull it out and they didn't say anything. They didn't say they- anything. And they knew. They knew. I mean, in Fleabag, it's so funny because the reference photo is exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I look like a pencil. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but I'm sure like every woman or man or actually man too. I think a lot of people, 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 hair is important. <laughs> hair is important to men. It's important to women. And um, I I like that Carrie went short. And I think it's a great start to this episode mm-hmm. and kind of a new change in her career. What Enid is trying to say, Carrie, is that you wrote a wonderful first draft. That is in vogue. There it was. The article I'd put my heart and soul into, and it was bleeding. Your spin on the idea, Carrie, is very clever. Different types of men as the new accessories for fall. A uh, 
A Prada, a Prada dress should always be worn with an investment banker. I mean, that's wonderful. Julian, the assignment was 500 words on accessories, not men. And I'm not convinced she knows anything about purses or for that matter, men. She's starting at Vogue. She's a freelance writer there. It kind of makes me question her professionalism that she hasn't been freelancing before. That felt like, like, how are you sustaining a living? Like, was that just the economy back then? Like, I don't know. It just feels like. I got a character for you, Sarah. I don't need professional help. I've got you guys. Yeah, for about another 10 minutes. Tell me. My Carrie tracker is when Carrie thinks she's above doing her fucking job. When she thinks that she's above, like, having to sell these, like, shoes and bags in her article. Like, I, I actually do think it was kind of playful that she wanted to compare, like, you know, different types of men as accessories for fall. I thought that was kind of funny. And I would totally love to read that. I think that, like, you know, the same way I like astrology, I would love to see, ooh, like, which man accessory am I? Like, is this Birkin bag, like, you know, this kind of guy? Like, I thought that was kind of funny. But, you know, she's kind of mocking it at brunch the next day. Oh, would would you be interested in an XYZ? And I'm like, Carrie, like, is basically being asked to be a spawn con influencer of today and i want to flag that for season two of and just like that like i wonder what you know kind of thing she'll be peddling note to us in the reboot uh, it very interesting because you you know that if you know if carrie well she does talk about like and then just like that her instagram and like fashion and shit. yeah so um she clearly has a lot of sponsored content um a lot of hashtag ads. So in this case, yeah, I think she was not taking the work seriously. And I think her, I, I I did relate to that feeling when someone's giving you feedback and like your automatic reaction is a little bit defensive. Yeah. Where you're like, yeah. I'm not sure if I like what I'm hearing. Um, But I thought the, I, I'm, what is that actress's name? I Candace, totally, no. I'm, I was thinking Candace, but it's not. It's, I think it is Candace. I think Candace Berger, Candace Burr, Can- Candace Burr, something. Fuck, I can't remember. Um, I thought I think she's great in this role. Like this is an awesome um actress to bring in. Candace like- Bergen. Yeah, we were so close. Candace yeah. Bergen, um, who plays like kind of the tough editor, and it reminds me of this time because you know Carrie's paper is just like her articles like covered in red, um, ancient scroll that they would like print it out and have it like edited that way. I mean, I feel like now everything's like in a shared document and people are like mm-hmm. doing that. I mean, I don't, I'm not in editing, so I don't know. Yeah, but um, it reminds me of this time when I was in like eighth grade and my sister's like an amazing writer, and she ended up becoming um, a publicist. She was in that world, ends up become a doctor, whatever. And I gave her one of my like stories, my like little eighth grade story to like edit. And it came back. It was all red, like changed the title, basically changed the plot. And um, I don't know. It was like a, a silly little memory that I had of like you have something and people just like completely tear it apart, which honestly, I think Carrie probably needed. Like, yeah, her writing is kind of bad. And I'm assuming for Vogue, it's probably not at the level in which they would want to publish no no way um but i i will i do i would say yeah again i would totally read that piece of hers but i do want to get into one of the plot lines which one i mean we've got to get into it and it has to be (laughs) i think we should first really discuss the julian carey plot line because Mm. i think it's so relevant to um society today and the me too movement yes um so we start off by having this character julian he's an exec at or just an editor or someone powerful at vogue who's really like on carrie's side he's not somebody who's going to give her tough feedback he's giving a lot of reassurance and coddling and he has like a quote-unquote an affectionate nickname for her cookie and he's what you see He's good cop. And what you may see is like, what's that term with like offend or harassers? They're kind of like grooming. Like there yeah. was kind of some oh, like yeah. grooming going on. Oh, yeah. Um, like he's being complimentary. Things are okay. You can trust me. And then we cut to after Carrie's received this like tough feedback from the um her female superior to them getting drunk in his office. Yes. And I know this show is a comedy. I know we try to like speak as if it's, you know, like the Bible or something. But like we we get that the show is silly. But 
it was so alarming to see a young female drunk in a male's yep. superior's office being escorted out stumbling. Like, yeah, it's, it's really fucked up. One and a half martinis later. And the sad thing is, this is what I do best. And look at it. Cookie, you're drunk. Yeah. Cookie's drunk. I'm drunk at Vogue. How can anyone get so drunk on one and a half martinis? I didn't eat breakfast and I'm a size two, which should make me perfect for Vogue. But nope, I'm drunk and a failure at Vogue. I feel awful. This is my fault. Oh, Julian, I came in here today so cocky. I thought I knew it all. I had my man jokes and my purse puns and, and you heard her. What do I know about purses? Nothing. It was disturbing. Um, it reminded me of kind of, you know, when they talk about like the casting couch in like Hollywood, old Hollywood studios, or I guess not that old, where like people are going into closed doors and like, yeah. yeah. But I also like, that's my ancient scroll. It's like a wet bar in the workplace. Like, whoa. Absolutely. <laughs> this was like Mad Men style. Like people are drinking like hard liquor before noon. Um, I it's both like a shame on him, but also kind of a shame on Carrie. Like, I I mean, this is definitely like an interesting power structure here in which he's like a freelancer. He's a superior. He's kind of saying like, I'll take care of you. Right. Like there's definitely a power dynamic here. That's not super even. Um, I do think the choice to drink and get fucked up while you're at your job is kind of insane it's insane Um, i mean my note is that carrie should have put on her big girl pants she now has a mortgage she has to pay off and she is going to work she's at vogue she should have geared up and dealt with like you should know that like she was not gonna it it was gonna be hard it's gonna be critical place to work and like just because you got like some not great feedback, you get like wasted at Vogue. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And like, I mean, and then the whole kind of overarching theme that comes up is like daddy issues. Ugh. And so you also have this role in which he's being kind of a quote unquote daddy. It's okay. I'll take care of you. Oh, you're stumbling. Don't worry. You know, it, it, there is this weird dynamic in which it's both like, nurturing, inappropriate, unprofessional, but silly. Like you can see why the boundaries are like really blurred. And so as this kind of relationship um, continues throughout the episode, Carrie invites him out to dinner. And during that dinner, he pulls out like very personal, vulnerable information Mm -hmm. that he eventually uses against Against her. her. Like this is super manipulative Mm -hmm. and like predatory behavior that you would – that you would ha- t- at dinner professionally with somebody, they admit to you that their father left them when they were five years old. This is Carrie. You kind, mm-hmm. you make a comment that maybe this is why you know you write about men to figure out why your father left. And again, like this is super inappropriate. This is a professional relationship, whatever. And then as we see as the episode progresses, you know Carrie's kind of grappling with this. Like, do I have daddy issues? Like, is this why I'm fucked up about men? Um, That's my ancient and- scroll. This whole Freudian moment is like, come on, like, haven't we done this a lot? Like, this sounds like Howard Stern shit, you know, or like critiquing Lindsay Lohan or like even Donald Trump, right, when he was on Howard Stern being like, oh, daddy issues, they're so much more like fun in bed. So, right? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's both an ancient scroll, but I also think we have such a greater understanding of like attachment styles and also like how your childhood impacts like your behavior now. And maybe it's not completely known and everyone's aware of it, but I do think just how we talk about mental health and our childhoods and our past is just so much more natural and no one would ever say like you have daddy issues. Um, like, I mean, it, regardless, they continue on in this episode where mm-hmm. she... Um, ends up going back to Vogue. She finishes the article. She finishes it in his office with him like over his shoulder. Yeah. Kind of a carry tracker. Like, can't you finish this at home? But whatever. Yeah. And to to celebrate, they go to the Vogue accessory closet and they're bonding. They're having fun. He calls her over and he is standing in his underwear. Yep. (gasps) Oh! oh! What do you think? Oh, what what are you doing? 
doing? I'm just showing you these briefs. Well, don't. Julian, put your pants up. Oof. Look at you and those Mary Janes. Stop. What, what happened to your wife, the dancer? She's having an affair with our friend, the chiropractor. Carrie. What? I find you adorable. You're old enough to be my father. Hardly. Would your father wear Versace's? Put your pants up now. All right. But Cookie, as someone who really cares about you, let me just say, I think you have some serious issues with men. I do right now, yes. An older man can help you work through some of those father issues, Cookie. Okay, don't cookie me, Freud. Pants up! All of his behaviors now are shown in a completely different light because he was kind of like grooming her because he thought she was adorable and was interested in her sexually. Um, And And when she she basically rejects him and says like, you need to pull your pants up, Louis C.K., like this is not appropriate. He's saying, oh, I find you so cute and you really need to like, work on your issues with men i think an older man i.e me would really help with that like he would be the surrogate father to like fuck her and help her like it's just so gross so my ancient scroll here is the fact that again i know this is a comedy but during this time period they thought this situation was a gross older man flirting with a younger woman they had funny little music da, da, do, 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 da, da, yeah. as somebody's like harassing somebody and then turning it back on the person they're harassing that they have the issue and Carrie has to play it off like put your pants on what are you doing and it's it's like a playful scene this isn't serious it's Again, a punchline understand the show mm-hmm. it's a punchline and it's a joke Whereas, like, this would not fly on TV now. Because as you know, in the fashion world, the editing world, like, like the in film and entertainment, like, this was a serious mm-hmm. fucking problem. It was. and But, you know, I've heard a lot of people, it's interesting. I hear a lot of people say, whether it's on podcasts or when you go out with them, oh, that wouldn't fly nowadays. Oh, you wouldn't see that on TV nowadays. And it's kind of hard to know if mm. they're being like critical and disparaging or like mocking of how like PC things are or if people oh, are like. that is such a good point, Gil. Yeah. Or because I've heard that where it's like, oh, you're not going to see that. Like I hear that a lot on a comedy podcast I listen to where it's like, oh, like we're in PC cancel culture. You can't do that now. Like everyone's so hypersensitive. Like it's like in a mean way. But I mean, you know what? You're so right. I mean, think about what people comment about The Office and they say like, oh, you couldn't have that on TV. You know, I don't I don't agree. Okay, I'm maybe I'm going to cancel me. Maybe what I'm going to say is not good. But I think The Office is actually like subverting a lot of this uh-huh. kind of PC culture. I think it's yes. um actually uh critiquing like in a good way like people who are so ignorant in the workplace. Like it's actually Michael Scott. Michael yeah. Scott. It's actually like bringing examples like of like I've had work experiences when I at my first company out of college um there was like at the Empire State Building Somebody went into one of like the jewelry design firms there and like was trying to shoot. It was like a, you know, angry ex-coworker trying to like shoot up the office. And there were all these helicopters everywhere. Yeah, this. Yeah, there were all these helicopters everywhere because we were a block away from the Empire State Building. And literally the president of my company, whose name was Jane, was walking around singing, Janie's got a gun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, <I'm sorry. laughs> okay, I don't know why I'm laughing so <laughs> because it's the office. Is that I not feel- a Michael Scott line? Is that, <laughs> is that- <laughs> it's like him when he's up. like, show me your penis, you know? He's just like Exactly. Oh is that not my like God, something geez. Packer would say? Packer, Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. Like that isn't is such Janie's guy. <laughs> and I was like, and that was pre Sandy Hook. Like Sandy Hook, like happened like two months later. And like Jesus, oh my God, Gilly. Okay, sorry, sorry to go there, but no. it was just like 
I don't know. That's what I think of The Office. I think The Office okay. is really smart. I think it's actually like. You're right. They're showing like, here's this ignorant person who says absurd things. And we're <sighs> going to laugh kind of at him. Because we all whereas, know that person. We all know that person. Um, <laughs> whereas, but, but I do think now, even so, I don't even think they want to put <laughs> characters on TV that are like that. Like, I don't think, like, do you, I don't even know if there are characters that are like trying to subvert. I mean, I feel like comedians try to do that, but I feel like a lot of shows are... I don't know if people are like, I don't know if people are like, God, this sounds terrible intellectual enough to like pick up on that kind of humor that stemmed from like Ricky Gervais, like more English, like dry humor. Like I think because I think people are just be offended. Yeah. It like came from like a more of like UK kind of shows where like it's much more dry, the humor. And, like, I remember Mm -hmm. even, like, hearing about when they had to adapt, like, The Office UK to Office US. Like, you have to make the character likable for a US audience. Whereas Mm -hmm. in a UK audience, like, it's okay if the character's awful all the time. Like, Michael Scott has, you know, quote, unquote, redeeming qualities sometimes. Whereas Ricky Gervais did not. (laughs) Like, maybe, like, a couple, but no. Um, So I think, like, back to the Sex City. You're you're right. Like, this show was not, like, making a commentary on anything. This was a joke. This was a punchline. And um, we, but, like, we were saying we wouldn't see this on TV now. And I I think Mm. that you're right. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that if we did see it now, it would be much more, like, the girls at brunch talking about how offensive that was, right? As opposed to, let's shoot to the baby shower scene, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. let's forget about it. Let's just put put that away and pretend it didn't happen, which is, you know, really indicative of rape culture. Um, Yeah. So, and I think... Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, we've mentioned Sandy Hook and rape. Let's talk about (laughs) a threesome now, okay? Um, So, I think with the Samantha Richard plotline, it's it's kind of funny. It is funny. So, we have um, Samantha's at dinner. She's trying to figure out, like, what Richard wants for his birthday. He has everything. She's like, it's not what you need. It's what you, like, want. Let's have fun. And he suggests a threesome with Alexis, Alexa, I think Alexis, the, like, beautiful, hot 21-year-old hostess who Mm -hmm. is, like, very sexual. Like, you can tell she's putting a lot of sexual vibes out there. Anything Um, for him. You're the most attractive couple in the room. Yeah. Like, she's earning that tip. Like, my God. Um, And they end up going through with it. And I'm very curious if your boyfriend asked you to have a threesome for his birthday, would you say yes? Um, This is different because I would – I don't know if I like it as far as like gift giving goes. (laughs) Like I don't like that currency type of, you know, experience. That's a good perspective. I would rather just like do it because I think it could be fun and interesting and playful or whatever. So Um, I totally agree with you. The gift giving part of it is adds like a weird element of like sex and exchange. Just a gift. It feels like a dowry. It feels like polygamy. (laughs) It's giving like. (laughs) It's giving sister wives. I'm not liking it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not loving it. Um, I think that um, I don't like that. Like I, I would rather it be more subconsciously it doesn't feel balanced like I would rather be like we want to do this to like enrich our sex lives not like let me give this to you because I don't want it or yeah because Samantha's clearly doing it kind of begrudgingly like she's not she's anxious she's worried about it she doesn't know where they stand because they're not monogamous so she's kind of doing it to appease him so that's where I think this is weird because the power dynamic is off and it's not it's consensual, but it's not mutually like wanted. I yeah. think. I think there's a difference between wanting the threesome and like wanting to make your partner happy. Yeah. And I think yes, there's sexual things you do that you're like, I mean, like I kind of only want to do this, but it can make you happy. Like I totally get that dynamic. But this, in which you're bringing another person in, which can kind of just like complicate things emotionally, physically, whatever. Um, you're right. The gift aspect of it, 
not but not a fan. I think we, I think when you, the way that you teed it up for me was like if your boyfriend XYZ for me I wasn't even thinking about like some average kind of normal quote unquote normal you're thinking Richard I'm thinking if this was which I think we should take it to the polls on Instagram if this absolutely if this was like the I mean it's conditional love right (laughs) like he's if this is the shit I had to put up with to to be like stay in love or like in a relationship with like a super super powerful rich guy where it's like super disproportionate like you know his power versus mine fuck no like first of all like i just i like everything about this grossed me out so much it was so like archetypically like broy and masculine like i make more money this is what i want for my like it just felt really like easy sam there's more than enough for me to go around tell her daddy the one thing Richard didn't want for his birthday was to feel older. Get rid of her. It was time for the fledgling to leave the love nest. The girl ends up coming over and um, definitely fashion call out. I loved her lingerie. Like that purple was beautiful. Like clearly I need to like step it up because that looked so cute. And she, again, the threesome kind of starts and Samantha like immediately kind of like kicks her out of the bed. Yeah. Then she tries to join back in and then she's like, tell her daddy. She refers to Richard as daddy. Daddy. And that just completely throws him off. And he tells Samantha to get rid of her. Gives him the ick, dare we say. Gives him the ick. Um, I I really have a huge ick with the reference of daddy. Daddy. Hate it. And I don't want to shame anybody. Again, not shaming anybody. This kind of is in, in, in also connection to like the baby talk thing. Like you do you. If it is mutually yeah. consensual and you are get, you're enjoying it, we're not shaming that. I personally don't like the terms like daddy. Like I, I no. I don't. I don't. I, I personally don't like it either. I think it's just like gross. But yeah, I'm again, I'm not trying to yuck someone else's yum. If that's like what turns you on, then like, hell yeah, do you freaking do it. Um, But what I will say, I do have a note about this. I, again, this is kind of in the same vein of like, what we saw with Carrie and like the Julian guy, it was like this weird punchline. I didn't like that there was this punchline in which they've brought this super young girl over to his luxury apartment loft whatever for this like sexual experience and they literally like kick her off the bed and discard her they just like dispose of her yep and i that's it that appalled me that that was like done for comedic effect i just i I just didn't like that it it was there was there was such a imbalance in power and status the fact that they're both older they both have money mm-hmm. they're both like you know high professionally and this girl is a hostess at a restaurant yep. she's 21 21 she's 21 and she's agreed to this like sexual situation who know I mean yes maybe consensual maybe feels like whatever and you're she's physically kicked out of the bed yep and I think we're supposed to feel like I feel joyous I think we're supposed to be rooting Richard on for actually liking an older woman I think that's that's what it is and and you know I think we're supposed to feel well this Alexa character has all the power because she's young beautiful and thin Right? Like, it. she's youth, yeah. the fountain of youth. I just, I thought it was like, ugh. And this was another No, moment. it was another, like, gross situation. And you're so right. The fact that he says, get rid of her. Yeah. Like, this is a young woman. Yeah. Who you have asked to come to your home She would just give him a blowjob. Like, where is her pleasure in all of this? It, it, it's so weird. And again, um it makes Richard such a villain. It makes him a villain. But you're- also, why is that Why is that Samantha's job? Like, again, and then it, there's, like, the next layer of it where it's, like, Samantha's now doing his bidding as, like, his secretary is, like, 
his subordinate who has to like take care of this thing. Like, why don't like you just say Jelaine Maxwell? Yeah, like Jelaine. <laughs> like, why doesn't he just say, Alexa, like this isn't working out? Like, can you like he can't even he can't even like speak to her directly. It's beneath him. And and the fact is, <laughs> you is and that I Samantha, are on a fucking roll right now. We're we are on. I, one. I know. We are and, and 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 Samantha takes this as a compliment yeah. because it's the fucking pick me culture mm. in which I don't care how you treat other women and as long as you pick, pick me. me. And the fact of the matter is, like, I overlooked so mm-hmm. much shitty male behavior because I wanted to be picked. Chosen. So it didn't yeah. matter that you cheated on girlfriends, yeah. that you weren't that nice to me yeah. here or there this. But, oh, my God, at the end of the day, you, like, drunkenly text me, want to hook up with me? Oh, my God, thank you so much. Right? And it's yeah. this, like, yeah. weird mentality in which it's, like, as long as you pick me, anything you do is fine. And I think it's, like, hyper competitiveness amongst women mm-hmm. it kind of pits women against against each other mm-hmm. and then for Samantha to then have you know be intimate with Richard afterwards mm-hmm. right and Richard says like how about it's just us and Ugh. and then she's so flattered and pleased it's and I think it's sad. just like she just wants to be like wanted and is so desperate to get that from somebody who's really not deserving yeah and I think this Boy. kind of I think this kind of goes back to my gripe with like self-help books that are pretty much just for women. Like he's just not that into you and and other kinds of like, you know, even like Instagrams that are like telling women what to do. And like, this is the box theory, girls, listen up. Like, I think a lot of this has to do with like, you know, waiting around for someone to choose you rather than like, why can't I like have like self-respect and make my own choices and do things that I'm comfortable with that I actually mm-hmm. want to do and be an active participant in my own ha- like happiness and well-being. Yeah. So I can make a choice about is this person right for me? But yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, and, you know, as we see in next week's finale, their relationship, I mean, I think Samantha kind of puts a fucking she's kind of over it after yeah. what, what happens in the next episode yeah um so yeah i mean i don't know we could talk about this one for a we while we could I, a lot to unpack but i do while we're on this kind of freudian daddy theme which i like load i mean it, it, the episode i find dates itself i'm not like some sort of well-versed psychologist but it seems like having done therapy for a long time a lot of therapists kind of like snicker at like you know, people who are like Freud purists, you know, and Mm -hmm. I, but well, I was going to ask you the question that Carrie asked, which is some say a daughter's relationship with her father is the model of all subsequent relationships with men. Is that pop psychology? My answer is yes. I couldn't help but wonder, there's our chime, how much does a father figure figure? So, Mm. I wanted I I mean I based think? on your tone I feel like my answer has to go one way. <laughs> I'm like Sorry. totally it's Sorry, that's so unfair. It's, it's so stupid. I think this is a little bit of leading the witness my lady. Um I Okay, mean, fine. I'll here's the deal. The tone. What I, do you think? I think <laughs> that we at we overestimate and also underestimate the impact our childhoods and mm. who raised us have on current relationships. So I think sometimes we feel like everything's out of our hands, whatever happened in childhood, like I'm kind of a victim of my whatever circumstance. And then I think we sometimes don't take into consideration um, where our behaviors stem from. So I I mean, I know you said that this kind of episode dates itself, but I also think the things I see on like Instagram or TikTok, so many people are talking about like mm. mother wounds or father <gasps> wounds or all yes. of this kind of like work that people like want to go mm. back and investigate a childhood. So I do think there's something here. Yes, I don't, I agree. I'm not, not going to say it's fully pop psycholo- psychology. I think in any therapeutic setting, they're going to ask you about your relationship with your parents. They will. Because it is such, there's such foundational relationships that you have. It's like relationships you have with siblings, with your parents. Um, I feel like it's pretty like kind of heteronormative, right? Yeah. Like, oh, this is 
how you deal with men is a, is a reflection of how you deal with your, um, you know, your father again. So I feel like it's it's definitely outdated and it's, and it's super underdeveloped. That, it's presuming yeah. that you only date men or you only date binary people as well. Yeah, right. Um, but so I think the relationships you have with your parents have a profound impact on other relationships in your life, not even just romantic, the relationships you have with yourself. I really do think it, it there's a, you know, um, a, a connection that's worth exploring, but I think it's a cop out to look at Carrie's issues as solely based on her father leaving. Yeah. And I like, also, I guess what I don't fully like is that like what you're talking about is the parent is about parents impacting you and about mm-hmm. childhood. Like I find that the question Carrie's asking, which is like kind of rooted in Freud is that it's like the father figure is, yeah, and it's, no. and it's for women specifically. Yeah. And I think this is where, you know, there used to be this like old theory about autism that it came from like distant cold mothers. And oh, I, what was it called? Whoa. The refrigerator mother or something or something oh, wow. like that. There's, there's like outdated terms in which like it's like penis a lot envy. of, Right. Like you're right. Like, again, like the field of psychology has both like evolved so much, but is also kind of rooted in like old beliefs. Yeah. Um. So I think you're right to call out an ancient scroll because it's super Freudian. And, and even Carrie has like this awesome Freud call out at the end. I think what is it that she says? Um. Don't cookie me, Freud. Pull your pants off. Yeah, that one's good. <laughs> so even Carrie calls out like the Freud, the Freudian esque, you know, aspect to his um his comment. Um, but so I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this. Like I I think if you know Carrie at five, she's raised by a single mom and her father walks mm. out. That's got to have an impact, oh, man. 100%. Like that has to have an impact. Um. So is it Freudian and I, for Carrie? Yes. Yeah, for Carrie, yeah. For everyone else, I don't know. Yeah, Carrie. I mean, Carrie also is just like, is just, I would love to see that woman in therapy. But you got a lot to unpack. But Miranda, actually, my Miranda, my Miranda sarcasm. It feels good to be sarcastic. Is when she's like, well, my dad, you know, was there every day at 7 p.m. for dinner time. And I still don't understand men. <laughs> like, I love that. Ex- exactly. So I think that kind of brings Poor it back shadow. to saying, like, you know, I-, I think just relationships in general are really complicated. And even people who had, like, the healthiest childhood and, like, really amazing, like, parent models, like, still have issues in relationships. Um, so definitely we're worth examining, but it's not the full reason for any issues that you're having. <laughs> Miranda's like, um, my dad was there at 7 p.m. every day, and I don't know why I'm dating Jay. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, I mean t- Tony Dan's is coming back in the picture, so we'll, we, we'll, we can explore Jay's Some daddy issues. More Freud later. I, um, God, I cannot wait to see Tony Dan's on <laughs> just like that. Um, Baby so, shower. Yeah, I mean – I mean, yeah, talking about like, you know, parental relationships Mm -hmm. and and kind of the fears around it. You have these like two opposing um, forces in this episode. You have Charlotte, who's like been dying to be a mother, has like all these quote unquote motherly instincts and a lot of knowledge around becoming a parent and pregnancy and babies. And then you have Miranda on this other end who's like, I'm working. I can't think of it. I don't have time. I can't get a crib. And Charlotte kind of takes her under her wing Mm -hmm. and is kind of mothering her Mm -hmm. and being a parent to Miranda Mm -hmm. um, as if Miranda is like a teen mom who like has no idea what she's doing. (laughs) And then you, and then you see this kind of completely switch in the end when Charlotte's really hurt and sad and Miranda nurtures her. Mm -hmm. So again, like it's really interesting that you see this, this like these like mother mommy daddy um, dynamics throughout the episode. Um, the, the baby shower, I, I've never related to Miranda more. Like this is why I would call myself a Miranda because of her (laughs) thoughts around babies and the baby shower. And the storks. Well, she doesn't want the storks and the ducks. And then she's arguing all that, you know, Charlotte was like, that wasn't a stork. That was a duck. And like, (laughs) um, I think that, no, I think I agree on some level. I can get like you know, just at like work, just different places I've worked, they've tried to do some of the like weird like diaper games like that just kind of gross me out, like where they get like faux diapers and you're supposed to like, I don't know, they're just used as like props in the game or 
I, I I find some of it just kind of like really is just free birth control, those activities. <laughs> Baby showers. Absolutely. You're like, you know what? I'm good. And this is coming from me, who I'm like the ultimate like party planning committee bitch. Like I love activities at parties. I love theme parties. So I think, I don't know. I think that Miranda could have find more joy in making it more for her. Like with the fried chicken, she really wants like fried chicken to be there. Um, but at the same time, yeah, a lot of it kind of like grosses. I don't know, just kind of like it. Bleh. No, yeah, just kind of I bothers mean, me. I I helped plan my sister's baby shower, and we rented out part of a restaurant. We like did some some games, like obviously because people are there and you kind of want interaction. But a lot of it was like trivia based on like Catherine and Ollie. So it ended up kind of just like being about Catherine and not necessarily like the baby. Um, There were obviously gifts and it was like really cute. But and I've been to some great baby. Like I went to a baby shower this past summer and like it was so lovely. It was lovely, but it wasn't chuggy. And a lot of these baby showers are chuggy. Like it's so corny. And you're right. Like some of the stuff like having to like put a diaper on and run around or like, you know, put a balloon in your butt. It's just kind of like, I, I feel like I I'm past that point. I'm 33. I can't do this shit. At least this, at least Charlotte's like baby shower, like wasn't nearly as bad as like a gender reveal party. <laughs> oh my God. Have I you ever know. been to one of those? I sure have. <laughs> you have? I sure have. It was in the park and they I've found out the gender. One by throwing a baseball and hitting the baseball. Um, and what, yeah, what I mean, it was, super, it was blue. Um, <laughs> it was blue, um, which I couldn't tell if the person was excited or not. You know, there's always that moment where you're like, Ooh. well, everyone's cheering and, and like, but it's always sad when you see those videos. And, like you can tell the person's like, visibly upset like they already have like four boys they've clearly been like fucking to get a girl and then the boy comes again like no that's what i don't understand is if you have any inclination that you might be disappointed of which way it will sway don't throw the gender reveal party and don't film it like Like, I think the big part is also like maybe have the party but maybe like don't film the reaction like I don't know. I mean, then again, I have never been pregnant. I don't have kids. I, I cannot. I'm not. like. It feels like so easy to sit here and like judge other people when I've not been that experience. But like, I'm also <laughs> not somebody who like has a lot of celebrations. Like I barely celebrate my birthday. You I'm at this point do. borderline a Jehovah Witness. Like I just don't <laughs> celebrate things. And so I I also like don't want to shit on other people who are just trying to like find a little bit of joy in this yeah, like dark, true. miserable world. I just want to like, God, like open a fucking cake and see if it's pink or blue. Like I don't want to like rain on that parade, but I just think it's corny. I really do. <laughs> I don't know, Gilly. Here's the thing. Please invite me to your baby showers and all that stuff. Like, well, to I quote, also think to quote Samantha, which is where my Samantha Zinger is. I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. Miranda's like, well, who am I going to invite? And Samantha goes, all the bitches who invited you to theirs. Right? And like, <laughs> I, it's, that's, that's a great singer. Um, but I, I think, and I, I talk with Grace <laughs> about this a lot, and I think I mentioned this to you, but, um, you know, I think for women, it feels like you can have people celebrate your birthday, your wedding, or your baby. And like, I'm not really big on birthday celebrations. I'm not really big on like wedding stuff. I don't know if I want a kid. So it feels like what celebration am I going to have? I know. And like, I I remember your came back normal. Right. (laughs) And I remember back in like, you know, it was like June 2020 and I won this like huge fucking teaching award. And there's like, I mean, again, it was COVID, but like (laughs) there's no celebration of that. So it becomes like we do these like baby showers Mm -hmm. or wedding showers or bridal showers. But if you're not like doing those things, like you, you kind of like people don't really come to celebrate you. You're kind of chopped liver, as they say. Yeah. And so maybe there's part of that. There's no emoji, right? Like we can't find the emoji that shows that you want to teach a right? 
thumbs up apple no and and that's like a small again like i don't i don't care but like i i do think like and i remember like heather through like a life achievement party when yes. she graduated her 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 grad program and like because it was a big thing like you did this career switch and, like i like i want to celebrate those yeah. things i want to like go out and celebrate people i just don't always want to do it about like babies and weddings i agree i mean i think it's i do want to celebrate those things too but i want to yes. Yes. But I want to see other ways to celebrate because I think in general, like I love saying cheers when we like when I get where I'm out with friends. I let's you know me. I love a goddamn toast. And sometimes they're bad and I can't figure out what to say. But I like the idea of like, I don't know, it just trying to find some sort of positivity and silver lining, because, you know, as you and I have discussed, like we I feel like I constantly need to be wanting more and more hungry and more ambitious and uh, checking off more. And I, when I actually like sit down and look at what I've accomplished, like it's actually a lot, but it just might not look good on Instagram reels or LinkedIn. So (laughs) I know. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally get Miranda's perspective in this episode. I love that Charlotte was like such a supportive friend and so caring. And then she ended up making this really nice shower for her. And um, I think Charlotte's just a consistently good friend. And um, Charlotte had a moment though, where it was, it was, she got the same rattle. Like Miranda got the same rattle that Trey had gifted her from Tiffany's and it, it, you know, took her, there to that place where it did yeah. and and it's so funny she was such a child and she's like I'm sorry I ruined your party and I'm like <laughs> okay you had one freak out like yeah. it was it was a little dramatic but I think it kind of played into the scene of like a child crying in bed and Miranda comforting her yeah that is cute um yeah so I think uh yeah I mean this we have the season finale uh coming up next episode and this is when Miranda's pregnancy comes to an end. We have the birth of the baby. And yes. so, yeah, this was kind of a great episode to bridge us to the finale. Yeah. Are there any um, other, like, any fashion call-outs that you remember? Oh, my God, she's fashion roadkill. Yeah, so actually, Grace, one of our past guests, she emailed us at themirandaspot at gmail.com some of her fashion call-outs. And yes, they're actually really – really fun to read. So she was saying that it's clear that it's a mid-late summer kind of temperature, I guess, in the show. Absolutely. And it makes her happy. And um, the, her first call out is the hostess um, from the infamous threesome. Um, when Samantha comes to visit her at the restaurant in this oversized, no shirt underneath, dove gray blazer. I, I mean, I think it's amazing. That kind of like plunging neckline kind of mm-hmm. like dove, yep. dove gray blazer with a sleek pony. With clean, fresh bronzer, clean, fresh bronzer and eyeliner makeup. So that's one of her call outs. I think, yeah, I think she looks beautiful. Great call out. Um, her second call out is Charlotte when she's um, kind of buzzing around Miranda's apartment being really yep. extra peppy for the baby. Um, she says, I don't necessarily like the outfit, but the shape is so good. Gilly, you would kill in the shape. Thank you, Grace. And her wavy, curly hair with the sleeveless top is absolutely Beautiful, fresh and effortless, summerless, fresh and effortless summer look. Um, And then she calls out Carrie's rotary phone clutch on her stoop. Doesn't get enough FaceTime. I don't I don't know if I caught that one. I don't think I saw that one either, but I think it's a good call out. I'm going to have to go back and see. Yeah, it. I want to rewatch that one. And then her last. Uh, oh, no, she's two more call outs. Carrie's outfit at the baby shower, which is this kind of white crop top with this sequin striped. Um, yes. A-line skirt. Um, she said that would be great for a beach vacation. Um, and her final one is Samantha's outfit during the threesome, specifically when she drops her straps to copy the 21-year-old and ends up with um, this black strapless bra and glittery, glittery black skirt look. You know what? I think those are the perfect call-outs for this episode. My specific one was the Charlotte in Miranda's apartment. Like, we love Charlotte's curly, wavy hair. Yes, um, And the shape was beautiful of the the silhouette of what she was wearing. Um, I also loved Carrie's last look in the Vogue office, that kind of sheer, professional, like, sexy dress with the pumps. Me too. Um, 
And I, I mean, we called this out earlier. I loved the Alexis's um, lingerie. I thought that was so yes. beautiful and like really good lingerie. Like it was clearly high quality. I am calling out those Mary Jane Manila Blahniks. They're just so freaking cute. I love a Mary Jane. I just think that they're really like girly but sexy, you know. Yeah. Maybe kinky. I don't know. Um, but I also am calling out a very random fashion column. It might not even it. be fashion. Um, but I loved Julian's glass martini shaker. I don't know. It made me want one. Like, I totally miss that. You got to find a picture. Don't put it on the gram because that's, I feel like that's a beautiful, like artistic yes. piece. Objet. Like clear yeah. glass and then the top of the shaker's metal. I liked that kind of contrast of materials. Gilly, I cannot believe we're season four and I'd have to call make a new chime. Oh, what is it? An interior <gasps> design chime. Oh. There's so much good design in this show. And I loved Julian's office. Me too. I thought his office was great. And there's, I think, like even looking at Richard's apartment, like some like how they set up like super modern. I think I think we need to call out some more of like the set design and design that we're seeing. Yes, I think we should do a set design call out. It's funny because just to kind of go on a tangent, uh, Sarah was just in LA visiting with some other friends. Uh, yes. It was raining, maybe even snowing and hailing the whole time. So my seasonal depression is still here. It, is, <laughs> is, it did not go it away. Was it might have been um, <laughs> But what I was going to say is, we did a, a watch of the a rewatch of the OC, and I <gasps> consequently oh, been binging it. It is so. I thought it was going to be difficult to watch. It is so binge worthy. I have been watching it every night. I'm like. I think on episode 10 right now, since you guys have left. It is so good. Okay. I have been wanting to watch it and I feel like it was so enjoyable watching it with like, I need like girlfriends to watch it with. Like Dakota could potentially get into it, but he's so into maths. We like can't get away from married at first sight. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to put it back on because we, I would, I, I think I was getting ready when it was the Cotillion episode, and I just need to rewatch that one. You need to rewatch. I recommend to everyone, whoever watched those, see, go back, revisit it. But what I'm laughing out, what I'm laughing at is that, like, the production design on the OC is, like, kind Ooh. of, it's questionable. It's, like, first of all, they're using, like, studio lighting, like, stage lighting for, like, scenes that are supposed to look like they're outside, but they're clearly shot inside. But then they mm-hmm. are shooting scenes that are like at the beach or real exterior shots. So it's just like this mismatched lighting. And then they always like in the kitchen table of the Cohen's house, they always have like all these things like kind of tossed about on the kitchen island. So they all order Chinese food. And now all these like little Chinese food boxes on Thanksgiving Day are all kind of perfectly tossed about. It just looks so like dork and it just looks so fake like it's funny so yeah and I it's funny I remember when we were in San Francisco once and I smoked a little bit too much and I was watching (laughs) Sex in the City and I was like this looks like a British like drama like I could not get like for some reason like I saw past the show and it became a set yeah and when I'm re-watching the OC it's such a set at times and like you're as you're, and like when I was I was such an impressionable like eighth grader watching this and it was so real yeah. and I, I was like I want to be on the OC I want to live here one of I these know. people and now it's it's funny watching it as a show um I will say this is the last thing I'll say before we wrap up we need to do, we need to invent a term it might exist already on like urban dictionary but the term that I want to invent is that feeling of when you watch a show and you're so immersed in it that you want to be like in the show. Like pretty much the entire time I watched Lost. Like Lost. I had that I feeling when I watched Kill like- More Girls, The Office, <sighs> The OC, which is like, I've just been thinking, you know what? Like I really want to go to Huntington Beach or Newport Beach and just like stay down Oh there. my god. Like White I sh- Lotus. I was like, let me get there now to Italy. Um, but I, I, when I was younger, I felt that very intensely yes. about shows, and I think so. I, so it's it's very youthful. Yeah, it's wanting. You're right. Like I don't know if there's a word for it, but I'm gonna look it up. Even the office, come up with a great word. They have a terrible, boring life in the office, but I still like want to be an employee there. That's like hanging out with everybody. 
you know, it's like it, I, I mean, yeah, it's like this weird kind. It's it's kind of a surreal kind of feeling. I felt that way as a fourth grader reading Harry Potter, yeah, like wanting too. to be a wizard and wanting to live in Hogwarts and, and like be, part be of there. That world. Yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta <sighs> come up with a we term. gotta let's think about that. Um, all right. So, what are you gonna rate this episode? I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. Do you want to do it at the same time? Yep. Three, two, one, four. four. Hey! Yeah, on the same Clap page. I wrote it down so I was not influenced. Clap it out, I think bitch. it's a – oh, sorry. <laughs> Clap it out, bitch. I love that. <laughs> the office. I'm going to start saying that to people. Oh, fuck, you're right. The office. Um, yeah, I think out, it's bitch. a so- – I, I think it's <laughs> That's what it is. Entourage. Um, I think this. I think this is a solid four. And talking about it was great. There's a lot to unpack. And yeah, I thought it was. Like, I thought it was a like solid, solid four. Solid four. Solid four. Yeah. Um. So yeah, as I mentioned earlier, next week, season four finale. Um. I think it's like I love New York or some New York reference. Mm-hmm. Something. I don't know. It was. It started to play after the episode ended, and I was really excited to watch it. Yep. Yes, and then before we know it, you know, we're going to be on season five, but then we'll also be covering in just like that season two. Mm -hmm. And Sarah and I have decided that we're going to be coming back every week once when every episode comes out. So absolutely every week you will hear us (laughs) tearing and just like that apart. So please stay tuned. Um, All right. All right. Well, that's it for this week. And we will see you guys. See you guys soon. See you next week, our little storks. (laughs) Bye, storks. (laughs) Bye.